Hey everyone, hope you're keeping well and staying safe out there. So I'm really happy to say that we are still managing to do these once a week. Uh, we're doing them remotely via Skype or Zoom or whatever. And although it's not not my favourite way of doing it, you know, I love doing it face to face. We're, make, we're really making it work. Um, so on this one, there is a fair bit of background noise. It's just the reality of people uh, socially distancing with their families. So we're trying our best, but you've been warned. <laughs> so on with the show, which is brought to you by Exordium. Exordium take hassle and guesswork out of DIY musicianship by providing solutions that help you create better music and reach a wider audience. All their services are completely customizable to suit your project's needs. Use offer code BMM to get 10% off your first project. My guest today is a brilliant blues musician. He plays guitar and he sings and he plays in a band called The Terraplanes who have their debut EP out in a few weeks time. And their debut single is out on the 2nd of May. Had a really, really good time talking with him. Please give it up for Nick from the Terraplanes. Let's get into it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Nick. This is this is really cool to, uh, to talk about Terraplanes. Nice one, Simon. Good to talk to you. Yeah, so um yeah, um been giving the EP a, a bit of a bit of a spin these last few weeks and yeah, gotta say, really, really digging it. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, we um we're really happy with what we've produced, so yeah, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's got like it's a really, really authentic old school fat swampy blues sound. I can't yeah. uh yeah, it's just it really uh uh, as I was, as I was saying last time we spoke, it, it it just reminds me of the first like band I was playing in, which was all that sort of trying to capture that sort of vibe. Uh, can't say we were very successful at it, but yeah, like you guys really, yeah, um, yeah. That, that that guitar tone of yours is so fat. Thank you, thank Love you very it. much. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's an Elmore James style riff, isn't it? You know. Um, and it's got a lot of power so yeah we we managed to get a sound in the studio that day and uh, midnight train came out really well and yeah i mean i play a guitar called a godin fifth avenue kingpin which is uh works for slide and open tuning and standard and really sounded amazing so yeah really happy with the results Mm. Like um, I think I heard um, in the production. Uh, am I right in thinking like the guitar and bass are panned slightly left and right, slightly separately? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It does come across that way um, when you listen to it on record. So yeah, uh, mm. I imagine it was. I'm not that technical, so I left <laughs> that to uh, our producer on the day, which was Richard Parsons, and he he um, did a great job. So yeah, I think that's what he must have done. That's awesome. Uh, which uh, studio uh, did, did you guys record at? We were at Factory Studios in Barton oh. Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, we're part of the, the Mass program, Mass Records, uh, that got involved with Factory Studios. So we got the opportunity to have a recording, free rehearsal time and a photo shoot. And they've helped us massively. So, yeah, big thanks to Factory Studios. Uh, okay. But that was where we did it. We did it in two days. And uh, yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Like, uh, yeah, I've heard really good things about uh, F- Factory Studios. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those studios which has got a big room and it's got rehearsal rooms as well. So if you see a lot of um, videos from Bristol bands, sometimes you'll see that it was filmed in the big room, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, the studio that Ronnie Size built um, and it's got a good reputation and uh, obviously it's closed now at the moment, but we're hoping it can open up um, when it all gets back to normal and, and uh, we can carry on our association with them. Mm, yeah, here's, here's hoping. Well, here's to uh, w- wishing everyone at Factory well during this this Definitely. brutal, yeah. this brutal, brutal time. Um, had the um, first casualty in, in terms of my world, in terms of... Uh, in in, uh, in terms of a, a local music business going on though it's uh you know left bank just above stokes yeah Croft. i do know yeah. left bank We've, yeah yeah it that, closed down? It, it's cl- uh, i believe from looking at social media uh, which is obviously okay pinch of salt uh but <laughs> um do you what, what i've been hearing is uh, closed indefinitely is the language that uh, wow. has been used which is horrible actually yeah um, um that is uh 
that's a bar that I I really really like. I, I I've done the open mic there. I've done jam nights there. I've gigged yeah. there with with, with a, a band I used to play in. It's it, it, it it's fantastic. It's it's a genuinely cool bar that's open yeah. until about what two 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 a.m. on yeah. on the weekends. It's one of the few places where you can actually go after a gig and have a night out without having to go to some horrendous horrible nightclub. And yeah, the, the... Oh, that's a massive shame. I mean, we um, I remember playing there uh, as a duo, and we did our first four piece gig just a little half an hour set. On, tagged on the end of one of the open mic nights yeah um and you're kind of under the stairs there aren't you there's not mm. much room for you to play but the atmosphere is great um, oh my god yeah so that's really bad news yeah it's really 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 bad news so sorry to uh put, put a bit of a no, bit of no, sad, no not at all bit of a sour, I mean, but... i'm not surprised um hopefully it's, it's not going to be many more but I, I suspect that there'll be a few places that might not open up again yeah, it's it's worrying. Uh, well, here's well, you know, here's to ho- hoping the best for for the future. You know, sure that uh, m- most places are hopefully going to be okay. And uh, you know, with Left Bank, Jesus Christ, there's so many people I know in the like local music scene who are just such big fans of that place that we. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like th- th- this might be a bit idealistic, um, and I'm just fi- off thinking off the top of my head. It could be possible that someone put a group of people put things together and maybe. I don't know, like a crowdfunder or some sort of benefit or something. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm keep, keeping my, my ears open for anything like that that might be coming up because I'd absolutely stick my name uh, uh, to it and try and do something for it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, let, 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 let's watch It's early days. Let's let's watch this space. But um, yeah, let's, let's go. Hope. Yeah, let, let's go back to to, uh, to to more jolly things, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so uh, your uh, debut single, uh, well, it's, it might, might not be your debut single, but uh, Midnight Train, that's uh, that's going live, is it 2nd of May? 2nd of May, yeah, it is our debut single. I mean, we've mm. recorded bits uh, before, but never really had an official release. So Midnight Train, out on the 2nd of May, available on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, we've been pushing it really hard. We've had lots of good radio play all over the UK, um, Glasgow, London, lots of really good blues shows have been getting on board, playing songs from the EP. Uh, but the lead single, Midnight Train, is out 2nd of May. So, yeah, we're really excited. We're looking forward to it. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I've been listening to it. It's a, it's a banging way to, to uh, open up an EP. That uh, nice Elmore one, yeah. James, that Elmore James style uh, guitar lick there. <laughs> Can I say, shall I pack up my suitcase, make my getaway, I got to move, I told my baby I can't stay, I'm heading down to the station, gonna catch the night train, well I had me some problems, don't leave them all behind, got me some troubles, but I don't pay no mind, I got to move. Told my baby I can't stay I'm going down to the station Gonna catch the night train Yeah, it's an absolutely, absolutely wicked single. I really love that big, bluesy, swampy, kind of Chicago, kind of Delta sound. Um, yeah. So how did that band, de- how, how did your band develop into getting towards that sound? Well, we, I mean, that's what we, we like, you know, the raw sound. I mean, we've done lots of gigs and we're tight as a band, but it's still got that raw quality to it. So, I mean, we went into the studio and wanted to record live um, and try and replicate that live sound as much as we could. So we got in the in the room and we were all there and we recorded everything live. The only overdub really was the vocals um, but the way we got to that sound really was just trying to, once we became a four piece, um, after 
a couple of years we played as a duo with myself and Eduardo on the harmonica and they were great days but by the time we had put it towards a four piece just that rhythm of the bass and the drums together just felt like a like a runaway blues train you know and <laughs> that sound sort of grew from there and when we put that down on record we just seemed to get it right on the day the sound was right we've got mark clark on bass guitar and tom turner on the drums just really solid you know they're solid musicians great guys as well and eduardo alan on the harmonica we weren't really sure how to record the harmonica whether to do it separately or not but we recorded it all live and when we were listening back to the tapes you could hear that that groove coming through so no we were really on form that day I think and, and Midnight Train was a, like you say a great way to start the EP yeah. and a, a great first single we hope mm. no, it, it's just one of those intros where you just can't help but like sort of like smile and nod to it you know it's yeah just... <laughs> yeah bit of air yeah. guitar I suppose <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I yeah, I'm I'm guilty of that. You'll have to forgive me. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, uh, you can really sort of hear it um, when you listen to how live it is. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad that that that, that going live, which is a, which is a pretty bold move nowadays. Now we've got um, over overdubbing and everything, uh, and all these great uh, opportunities. I'm really glad that you went yeah. in for, for that live sound because well it, i mean we were we were kind of being suggested to that maybe we should multi-track it but we didn't hmm. feel that we could get i don't know it's a feeling isn't it the blues hmm. especially it's a feeling so we wanted to do it live we just wanted to make sure that uh if there was a room mic that it wasn't picking up too much um hmm. So, you know, you spend a little bit of time and you move things, microphones in certain places. Uh, but we definitely wanted to do it live. So there was never really the idea that we wanted to multi-track it, although uh, it was suggested to us that maybe we should have done it that way. But I think you've got to trust yourself and how you know you can sound. And um, that's the way we did it. Yeah, we recorded the vocals and bit of backing vocals maybe Ed on the tambourine uh, separately but uh, <laughs> the bulk of it was all done as live you know and um, we're certainly glad we did it that way mm. certainly paid off certainly yeah. paid off because yeah you're, you're right every now and again you do just have to trust your instincts yeah and... definitely you have to because you you know your band better than anybody else mm -hmm. um, and even when you meet a producer on the day um you know, you still got to get your message across about what you want. And if you mm -hmm. want to do it a certain way, then you can live or die by that. But you stick to your own instincts and and you trust yourself that way, I think. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really agree. And uh, and, it, and it really, really shows. And uh, credit to, is it uh, Rick, the name of your producer? Richard, Richard, Richard Parsons. Richard, yeah. yeah so, so uh, yeah, credit to, to Richard Parsons for going with you guys on that because yeah often a, a lot of engineers and or producers who mean well will you know can be a bit rigid in that so i think that's yeah. that's real credit well, he was very flexible you know mm. and i think that he i think he kind of uh, was quite excited about recording a blues band he yeah. recorded a lot of young bands and indie punk bands and there's a lot of the thing now um but we had we you know we did talk about how to get that harmonica right i mean because mm. the slide guitar is got a great sound but coupled with that harmonica sound is what makes the terraplane sound really yeah. and that was the challenge but actually it wasn't that difficult you know we just put him put eduardo in a corner and <laughs> we, we set him free you know and he's uh, he's an amazing musician mm. and um yeah richard really really helped us in that even though we just met him on the day he was yeah. kind of our allocated producer but he he was brilliant, and we'd love to work with Richard again if we ever get the chance. Mm, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, yeah, that's that's really something. So he was able on that on just in one day to sort of like establish sort of like that sort of. I guess it's a bit of a weird word to use, but that sort of trust. Yeah. Because uh, you know you 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 know you, you did the whole album, uh, whole EP in one day, correct? Uh, well, no, we, we the idea was to go into the, we had Saturday and Sunday. All right. We were going to try and get a single, which was Midnight Train, and we would see what, what would happen after that. Uh, 
Ah. And after uh, two, three hours of moving amplifiers and we took a break, you know, and, and just said, right, let's come back in the afternoon. And we did Midnight Train and we did another one and another one on the Saturday. <laughs> so we left about 7 p.m. on the Saturday night thinking, wow, that's really good result, you know. Mm. And then we came in on the Sunday and we listened to it over and we still had some time, you know. So we laid down another two tracks on the Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, Love it. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got the Love studio it. for two days. You you know, everything's set up in the room. You might as well yeah. get what you can down. And like I say, because we're a live band, we, we know these tracks. So yeah. we've got five songs done in two days. And we've... Because of the lockdown thing, you know, we were going to release a single and then possibly a second single and whatever. But uh, the single's going to come out and then we are going to release the EP soon after. Mm. We've been um, in conversation with Blues in Britain magazine about doing a feature on the band. Oh, nice. So we're trying to coincide the EP release with um, anything that might happen there. So, yeah, we did five songs in two days and, and now... We, we we just want to put them out, so we're really mm. really excited about the prospects of getting the EP out. Mm. We have to make sure that it comes out on all formats, you know, correctly um, and on time. So we've recently decided to push that back a week, a few weeks. So, but not to worry, it will be out mid May. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, um, well. Uh, I'm sure people. Uh, well, we're, we're going to be uh, feeding in like little snippets of the EP during this episode, so uh, people should be stoked for it. You know. going on in sort of uh, the scene like nationally like you, you were talking about uh, Blues in Britain uh, being like yeah. that uh, really well established publication and there's a lot of blues going on like um, if, uh, not so much recently but a few years ago I was aware of so many blues jams going on in Bristol Yeah, loads of really really good blues players lots of really really good blues bands as well I was just wondering do you yeah. get a ch- much of a chance to like rub shoulders with anyone else in, in the local in the local scene uh blues wise i mean well yeah i mean we play at the bristol blues club which is quite a well-renowned mm. uh weekly tuesday night blues um that's in down get together down end down end tavern which yeah. is my neck of, of the woods in bristol uh but it's really well attended and um great reputation you know they've got bands coming from from all over the uk to play at the blues club um so we rub shoulders with with a few different names, but um, yeah, there's there's such a good scene for for blues and rhythm and blues in Bristol, you know. Mm. Um, back from when we started, you know, uh, it was 2014. There's quite a few blues players then, and I think a few bands have got together since then, you know. But um, yeah, we've uh, we've hung out with a few. Mm. Do you guys ever like go, go to jams or anything like that? Around the, the when we started, I was playing solo shows, open mics, and that's when I met up with Ed Morrow, the harmonica player, and we played acoustic showcases, uh, little open mics at the old Duke and oh, yeah. Under the Stars and the, the Greenhouse on Park Street mm. um, and the Bootlegger and places like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and, and Left Bank as well. Funny yeah. you said that earlier. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah, that was one of the early venues that... They, they let us play. 
But yeah, there's just such a great scene, actually. There's um, mm. lots of different stuff going on in Bristol. It's always been proud to, to, to be a part of the Bristol music scene. Yeah, uh, it's such a multifaceted scene as well. Because, um, you know, like, I I, can't, I I forget about how big the blues scene is in, in, Bris, in, in Bristol. Until the, and then you just mentioned the old Duke, and I just thought, oh, of course, yeah, because Eddie Martin hosts that, and he plays there quite regularly, and he's one of the country's, like, leading blues guitarists. Yeah, and, yeah, he's, he's an amazing musician. It's one of the only Bristol venues that's not yet given the Terraplanes a gig, so... Maybe when uh, maybe when this all over, they might actually give us a call. <laughs> oh, mate, you, you guys would smash the old Duke. Well, I think we would, yeah. You'd be ideal for that, but they are so in demand. They are, uh, you know... Um, They're uh, a busy uh, pub. They're a busy as, pub. As a I, venue, I, yeah. I know. I know. Oh, yeah. No, you, you guys would definitely... Uh, if anyone from the old Duke's listening, book the tower planes, because... Exactly. That's, yeah, well said, Simon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, you know. No, no, it, 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 it's, it's true, though. Like, um... Uh, yeah, you you guys would absolutely go down a storm there. I've no doubt about that. It's um, a great crowd, great crowd of people, um, great crowd of music, music mm. knowledgeable people. You know, um, mm, yeah. As there are a lot in Bristol, actually, there are some some of the places that we have played. The the people that like the blues, places like the Shakespeare in Totterdown, the Golden Lion, mm-hmm. the Kingsdown Vaults, uh, the White Swan in in Downend, right at my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. just great pubs great pubs for music and we love playing gigs at those places mm. well here's to uh, here's to hoping that we can return to to all that before before too long yeah well I agree I agree hopefully it won't be too long no I, I hope so so like are there any like uh, uh, blues bands sort of nationally or internationally that, that you're aware of that you're kind of like drawing influence from because obviously I know that you're really into the uh, to the uh, old to the old uh, you know, the original, well, the, yeah. uh, the really old school, you know, the Muddy Waters. El- I mean, you me- mentioned uh, Elmore James. Yeah, well, uh, Elmore um, James is a personal favourite and Robert Johnson, uh, an inspirational guitar player. Mm. Um, when I really started to focus on blues guitar playing, it was Robert Johnson's playing and the, the slide guitar and the thumb percussion and the vocals, just absolute perfection, you know. But there are bands around now which... I've got that sort of feel. The Dusk Brothers from Bristol. Yeah. Uh, like a duo, two brothers playing mm. homemade guitars out of cigar yeah. boxes. <laughs> Fantastic sound. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and, and, uh, uh, Graham on. hosts a lot of uh, open mics in town as well. Yeah, I think and, he was uh, open, uh, hosting the open mic at the Oxford. Yeah, yeah, the Oxford. Day. And there was one that was starting at the Cloak and Dagger, which is at my end, which is just at the bottom of uh, Gloucester Road. Oh, uh, yeah. As well, he's like he's a really, really good musician and a super nice guy as well. Yeah, uh, I've not cause... I've not met him actually. I mean, we have exchanged a few messages through Instagram as 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 bands do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they seem like a, a really good band, and um, yeah, I like watching their videos. Yeah, no, like because yeah, they they they've been really blowing up recently, and uh, but yeah, Gra- Graham's such a gracious and welcoming open mic host. And yeah. uh, he'll, he'll, he's just more than happy just to chat and hang with you as well, which is because yeah. seeing that they're a band very much on the make, uh, yeah. you, you think that might sort of get in the way of someone being, you know, nice and approachable, but not the case. Uh, yeah, yeah so. I don't find that. I don't find that with people, you know, because you mm. get to that stage by working hard and making contacts, and you don't do that by being a difficult person, you know. Mm. So, I agree. Hopefully you don't change whenever that happens, you know. Mm. Well, 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 we'll do this again in six months and see if you're still up for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to pay me. <laughs> Duly noted. Is there uh, uh, anyone else in the sort of like a, in the current? There is. There's another scene. band that I really love to listen to. It's just called the Cinelli Brothers. They're okay. an Italian blues band based out of London. Been around for a few years, and uh, they're another band that has really just impressed me as a blues band, you know. And uh, I had a chance to collaborate with them on a video um, last year through Prospectors Films on Instagram. They were looking for blues musicians to provide a little 30-second video of why you love the blues, and they put it together into a a package, and uh, they did a video, I did a video, and somebody else. And uh, it's on the Prospectors Films Instagram page. 
But uh, yeah, brilliant band, the Cinelli Brothers. Check them out. Nice, nice. Well, um, what I'm, what I've started to do, and what I'm going to get a bit more detailed on is to uh, recommend it on the SCI, um, which is this podcast. Uh, where so uh, I'm going to, yeah, uh, if they're on Spotify, I'll add them onto the playlist, as with uh, Dusk Brothers and yourselves, obviously as well. Once you nice once these out, so um, pe- people that are listening that want to uh, that want to, you know, check them out. Uh, yeah, get onto the playlist. Is what I'll say. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think it's uh, finding new music is always so exciting, especially when it's something that really grabs you. That's and, true. I mean, the um, the last few weeks actually, I've been listening out for the songs on radio stations and sort of listening to these radio shows with the headphones on. And there's lots of new blues coming out in the UK, lots of new bands, and it's great. It's great to just sit and listen at um, some of this new stuff, you know, because it all evokes memories of old time blues but it's all fresh and relevant now and since since the lockdown all of these little blues radio shows they're not popping up they've always been there but the yeah. popularity has grown that people are listening in and i'm certainly promoting from my end any show that plays the terraplanes <laughs> i'm posting about it straight away so uh, it's good it's good to listen to new music yeah and i got some gypsum you mentioned so like finding new music because that is something that i personally really try and try and do more you know because it's like when you kind of get like set in your sort of like i don't want to say set, set in your ways but i've had moments where i'm just not interested in like finding new music at all or i've just yeah. be wanting just to stick to what i know and yeah i think it's so important to try and keep that keep that curiosity and that sort of that excitement around finding Find new yeah, music. I, I'm enjoying this process actually at the moment because for a long time that was what I was like. I was just listening to old music because that's what you you enjoy. That's what you take your own inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't enjoy um, you know a lot of pop music and stuff like that. But I, you don't have to, you know, in any genre that you're interested in, there is new music that you can find. And yeah, um, yeah I've really been enjoying listening to it. Yeah, like a, I think because there's so much, there's so much stuff out there. You can kind of get like a little bit of like a sort of like decision decision paralysis a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, you know, um, but it's just f- finding the right, uh, the right little sort of like niche, uh, just to just to explore. And that's why I think um, Chris's show uh, on Bristol Made Music, uh, the five songs, is really really cool. Because yeah. you'll just take mute. I, I know I'm just I'm self-promoting about uh, about the <laughs> I promote uh, promote away. Yeah, um, um, but it, it like Chris will just play anything. He'll prioritize who uh, whoever's got releases on. But you know, you, you get it all. You get like um, you know, uh, there'll be some punk bands, uh, blues, folk, avant-garde, ambient, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's awesome because uh, Chris, Chris decides the playlist. Does he? He decides five songs a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's like yeah. So that's what he does. So yeah, I, I was I was oh. gonna ask you off air actually um, if uh, yeah if, if you've approached him with terraplanes because I'm sure he'll he he'll, yes he'll give well, you a spin. Yeah, when you first contacted me, he contacted me a couple of days later, um, ah. and I said, oh, do you know Simon? Um, 
So I don't know whether you had spoken to him. No, that that, that, right. that would imply that we plan things, which we definitely don't do. Right, well, I'll, I'll follow up with Chris then. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, for, uh, for sure. He, uh, he, he, he'll be, um, I mean, like, um, I, I don't want to speak for him because I, I don't know what his scheduling's like, but I'm sure he will, for sure, he'll, he'll give you guys a spin. Yeah, he said he wanted to play a track. So, yeah, I'll... Um, awesome. I'm just remembering, it's all coming back to me now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when does that go out? Is that every week he posts that? Every Tuesday, every Tuesday that that goes that goes live. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah I, will, so, I will. I will follow up on that and get in touch with Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. De- definitely. Um, like, um, I, he basically runs that podcast like a like a radio show, but uh, like, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, the old John Peel sort of shows, as in like yeah. very minimal chat and just letting the music yeah. play on. Nice. Oh, I find that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is what I'm a really big fan of because I've never really been the biggest fan of listening to the radio because I find it too annoying when certain DJs will do more talking yeah. than they'll do of playing playing the music, which yeah. just completely did my head in because it's, it's such a precious amount of time where you could change someone's life with a particular song, you know? Yeah. Especially, you know, when, when I was growing up, like a song would come on the radio and you'd be like what's that you know so i feel like it's such a waste just to be filling it up with with just chat you know which is kind of yeah. ironic seeing that i'm doing a talking podcast but you know <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh i guess i'm a hypocrite i'm a hypocrite but you know no, this is awesome. you know, but this is all about talking about you know <laughs> it's all about talking to musicians about their music so that's right. Yeah. That's right. Giving people more of an insight, and I do have a very big mouth, so <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the best place for me. Well, she woke up this morning, a devilman in mind, standing in her negligee with evil in her eyes. Well, I tried so hard to tell her, she screamed the whole place down. I jumped out the window and I walked right out of town. That's why they call me the on my boots and I just walked on out of town. That's why they call me the Rambler. Well, they call me the Rambler. That's why they call me the Rambler and I move from town to town. Let's talk about the blues. You know, I'd be, okay. uh, you know, because it's such a big world. I'd be really interested to know where, what specific artists or movements or errors that you and and the rest of Terraplanes personally personally draw from. Well, um, if I was to talk for Eduardo, um, his favorite act of all time is the Rolling Stones. He loves awesome. the Stones. He loves the, everything about them. Um, and you know Mick Jagger is quite an underrated harmonica player. He's he's a fantastic harmonica player, um, and uh, Ed's got a bit of of Mick Jagger about him when he plays and when he dances around. Hell yeah! Um, he's got a lot of stage presence and and good to watch. So it was always the Stones for him and Muddy Waters. Mm. Um, and for me, like I said before, you know the the slide guitar style of of Elmore James. Um, and the vocal style of, of Robert Johnson and, and people like Sunhouse and Skip James um, always really interested me, you know, but uh, I was a child of the 90s, so the blues was not so fashionable then. So at that time, I was into the Britpop era and things like this and um, and played in lots of different bands, but the blues really was where it always was. I think you need to get a little bit older and appreciate the style of that music and the the emotion and things like this. That really, uh, by the time you got to, you know, in your thirties, I was just all all about the blues, really. Yeah. Um, and it was the Delta blues players, you know, the mm-hmm. the the one man and his guitar. Yeah. Um, 
that you know the songs and the you know the old uh, gospel style blues songs um, done by a man on a guitar on his own just really fascinated me. You know, so I spent a long, long time trying to learn that style. Yeah. Uh, before there was ever a four piece band, it was just you know you have to get that guitar style right. And when you know when you you look at these styles and you you put bits together, you end up coming up with your own style and your own your own way. Because yeah, it, it's sort of interesting what you were saying about like um, just like stripping it all down to like that one man and a guitar sort of. Yeah, because sound. it was because it's more than one man and a guitar. You know, mm. you, they're playing slide guitar, they're playing finger picking, they're yeah. using their thumb as a percussion, yeah. mm-hmm. banging their feet, using their voice as another instrument, maybe having a harmonica as well. Yeah. So watch a one man blues player is it's almost it's like watching like you said about Eddie Martin. You yeah. ever seen him play? Oh he yeah, does, yeah, yeah. It's almost gave it's me a panic attack of how good he is. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a machine and he's playing yeah. doing four or five different things at the same time. Yeah. And um it's yeah, it's quite hypnotizing to watch, you know. Mm. And all those old guys were doing it fifteen years before rock and roll ever came along. Yeah. You can hear the origins of all that music in the early blues. So for me, that was really what drew me in. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of, it does just made me sort of think about it because they uh, a lot of these guys played solo or in duos, and before like bands were rock bands, anyways, were even a thing. Ooh. I mean, I use the phrase rock band very, very broadly. Um, uh, um, when you sort of think like that was before all the you know your Rolling Stones and. Yeah. Um, and everyone like that so you could sort of say like with that sort of like f- finger style you know like the your thumb doing the bass and like fingers doing like melody and, he, and like percussive sounds as well yeah you could say like that that's what, what sort of shaped a lot of bands that followed was it shapes to... a lot it shapes a lot of bands a lot of sounds even yeah i mean muddy muddy waters claims robert johnson as one of his influences mm, no doubt. The, muddy Water, the muddy waters band and the elmore james band was Late forties, early fifties, you know, yeah. um, chess records in uh, in the US. Basically, this was before rock and roll, you know, and and mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones and the Yardbirds and Alexis Corner. They were the first blues bands really in Britain, and they were just mm-hmm. taking taking off the sound of those chess records, you know. Yeah. Um, and Rolling Stones obviously taking their name from a Muddy Waters song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, talk about. Elvis Presley being the birth of rock and roll, which he probably was, although you could probably say that that was Chuck Berry, I mean, the godfather yeah. of rock and roll. Or but Little these Richard. These guys were doing that before anyway. So yeah. it was really just a mix of those sounds that some journalist probably decided to coin the phrase rock and roll, but it was always there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was a, a, a DJ in the 1950s. I can't remember his name, but yeah, like. Um... You know, like, people were talking about you know the king of rock and roll, the father of rock and roll, the grandfather of rock and roll. Like, yeah, there's good arguments for, for for all these guys, but I mean, it doesn't really doesn't really matter, does it? No. Well, they <laughs> I mean, all had a role to play, didn't they? You know, they all they all were responsible in the rise yeah. of the popularity of that that music. You know, I complete yeah, I completely agree, and I think that sort of shows us how much of a un, well, not a universal movement, but how much of a broad movement it was. That there's so many different. Uh, innovators and originators and yeah. just people that really move the whole thing forward and yeah, yeah I can what I think thinks really cool about Chuck Berry uh, well a lot of things because he's definitely one of my musical heroes uh, me personally but he was saying that like you know he'd always have people like giving him compliments and <laughs> obviously because he was awesome but he you know he'd, he'd always apparently he'd always just sort of say you know what I'm doing's nothing nothing new. You know, he was just you know taking those sort of like a country sort of rhythms and like that. He was saying that like he lifted up from Charlie Christian, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you know, like a. I would think Johnny B. Good has got to be you know the best rock and roll song that there ever <laughs> has been. You know, you can't beat yeah. it. Um, yeah. Uh, just a great riff, like you say about Midnight mm. Train and other things with. Yeah. Great opening guitar riffs. I mean, Johnny B. Good is about as good as it gets. Yeah, you can't really ask for better than that, you know. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like uh, what, what what I really like about well, one of many things I like about uh, Midnight Train is that you can hear the echoes to uh, to Elmore James as well. Yeah, with that. Yeah, well, I make I make no shame about that. You know that yeah. that riff. It was a Robert Johnson riff, but played on an electric guitar. Yeah. Elmore James is the one that made that sound. I mean, if you listen to uh, his greatest hits 
many of his songs are on along the, the lines of that yeah. rhythm but <laughs> same with uh, Chuck Berry and that did it same with Chuck yeah. Berry yeah, yeah. There are the, you know these riffs you can recycle and reuse um, so yeah I mean that was the inspiration for it for, for me yeah no I think that that's really that's really cool like um, sort of back in the day these sort of like originators of sort of blues and rock and roll they were a lot less sort of bashful about reusing ideas or like staying strong or or staying within their not within but like really having their so like their signatures so for yeah. like there's the Elmore James riff the Chuck Berry riff that he did variations of for each yeah uh, and the Muddy Waters riff which obviously yeah was then used uh, unlawfully by Led Zeppelin and <laughs> it was a Willie Dixon do 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 was yeah. was was his riff and that became yeah. The, the signature Muddy Waters sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, along with everybody else. And you get you get known by those those little riffs, those little parts. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like um, there's so much like pressure now to sort of be like really innovative and like, uh, actually no, I'm not, not saying that's a bad thing, but there's, there's like a lot of sort of like, um, you kind of like feel that you will get like looked down on if you kind of like rework things a little bit. It's like, oh, you're just using, doing the same song twice but so I can I don't think I think with the blues I mean you're not the first person to um, you know play along a song along the same groove as you might have heard before you know the um, the differences is is in what you use as the lyrics Mm -hmm. breakdowns certain different parts there's so many ways that you can rework a great blues riff you know so I don't see it that way if somebody was to play a riff that we've got in one of our songs, I wouldn't see it as plagiarism. Not at yeah. all, you know, you're welcome to it. Everybody does the same thing, you know. Yeah, I it's, love it's that. It's the feeling that you put into it, the lyrics you put behind it, and uh, the delivery when you play it live, you know. Two lights on behind, I got to Like, um, that was something that I really learned when I was uh, when I was gigging it regularly was it's it, it sounds a bit cheese what I'm about to say but I don't care it's not what you play it's how you play it oh exactly you know, those three chords and that sort of like um, like on um, your uh, your rendition of Malted Milk really made me feel uh, think about this it's, it's in, like it's so like so laid back like bow 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 mechanically that's quite straightforward to do with with your hands but it's about making sure that it's landing the beats are landing right where they need to and you're putting the right feel like or or like a a, in the guitar as well like vibrato on each chord or whatever and really treating each note like with care because it's yeah okay because I mean malted milk was uh, a really good one. I mean, that's mm. a cover of a Robert Johnson song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we recorded, we did three songs and thought, well, we need to put something in that's not, it's a bit mid tempo, you know. Mm. And uh, Ed, the harp player, who plays a great part on that song, loves that that version that we play. Yeah. And it's got that lazy, swampy style. Yeah. And uh, the harmonica sound came out really, really well. So yeah, we're glad we put that in, and yeah, um, yeah I'm glad you mentioned it. It was um, yeah. we enjoyed recording that one. It really made me think of Jimmy Reed. Yeah, just that like it's kind of like, just like it always feels like a little bit behind the beat. Like uh, yeah. it always feels just like it's just kind of I don't know. I I don't know what what, what there's that certain sort of swing and. Yeah. Not not sloppiness because that's not the right word for it, but it's kind of like feels like it might just 
fall apart at any second you know what i mean yeah we're just catching the beat right at the end and just to keep it keep it rolling along um yeah, yeah i mean that's just the way that we play it you know we yeah we don't feel like we're about to fall apart but it it's got that style of of yeah. just the lazy blues you know um yeah it's just so laid back it's kind of it almost sort of feels like oh are they gonna bother to play the next beat but <laughs> you know it's, it's got that it's got that little bit of tension to it which makes it for me anyways um really it make, really makes you want to like sort of like get closer to it really want to hear it like that a little bit more because it kind of it kind of tours your emotions in that sort of, sort of way either like consciously or subconsciously Really, really cool. Like uh, a lot of that. Um, again, going back to Chess Records with uh, this case with uh, actually wait, Jimmy V wasn't Chess. Uh, anyways, but um, he was the of that Chicago scene, if I'm not mistaken. That really made really made, made me think of that, and I've played a fair bit of Jimmy Reed, which is oh, nice. not not an easy not an easy thing to do. Um, this is back before I was uh, singing live. This is when I was uh, playing second guitar. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of those licks and everything. Like you know, I I grew up playing you know Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and things like that. Yeah. So I'm used to doing like busy guitar lines. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jimmy Reed's a lot less busy, but I in a lot of respects I find it a lot harder because it's. That's funny, you know, because yeah. I've had this conversation with Tom, our drummer, because yeah, I'm not. Uh, one for the fast finger guitar solo. Mm-hmm. I'm I've never really been able to to hit those 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 long fast solos. Mm. So I kind of made up for it with little clever guitar parts. Yeah, uh, yeah things yeah. that I could do, and mm. it is that actually. It's not flashy. It's little underrated things that you can play. Quick chord changes rather than fast fingers, which yeah. has always been my style. You know. Um, mm quick hands rather than quick fingers so you don't see many long long um fast guitar solos from me but you hopefully you might be able to spot the little clever bits that i might put in now yeah, and again. yeah yeah no for sure because uh yeah like that that's something i definitely appreciate because <clears throat> although it's not it's you're not flying o- over the neck in the same way so, someone like um like buddy guy uh yeah would but it's done with such like uh, sort of like rhythmic it, it's so rhythmically solid but expressive at the same time and it's just yeah. at every little thing whether it's a thumb note or or, or no, note from the fingers it's just yeah. right where it needs to be with the groove yeah, and yeah I, I mean I, Buddy Guy I, I don't mind Buddy Guy I find it's a little bit too much guitar playing all the time oh I love know? him um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I prefer Hubert Sumlin, who is Howlin' Wolf's guitar player. Yeah, yeah. He, he, man is a fantastic riff player. Mm. But if you're into your solos, Buddy Guy is, is one of the best. Guilty. <laughs> There's no shame in that. I no, probably, no, because no. I couldn't play how the way he plays, I mm. kind of drifted towards other players where I mm. thought, actually, I can play that. Yeah. Because the endless soloing, I never could do it. You know, I practiced and practiced, but really, um, no. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it.
Dude, this has been really, really cool. Love talking, uh, love talking about blues, especially blues guitar. Uh, so uh, thank you for coming on and uh, for doing this with me. It's been absolutely awesome. I've had a brilliant time, so I hope you have as well. So uh, before I leave you, um, any last uh, shout-out you would like to give to anyone? Yeah, definitely. I mean, first of all, I'd like to say thanks very much for having me on the podcast and letting me talk about the band. Um, really enjoyed it. I just want to give a shout-out to the guys at Factory Studios, Zoe and Leon and uh, the guys at Mass Records, Danny and Justin, have really been a big help uh, in getting this whole project off the ground. And I just want to thank the guys in the band, Mark and Tom and Ed, who did such a great job. You know, um, we're all in this together trying to push this as much as we can. So Midnight Train will be out on the 2nd of May. I'd just like to mention our website as well, which is www.theterraplanesbluesband.com. And thanks very much for having us on. Oh, man. No, dude, that's awesome, man. All right, Terraplanes. Everyone should check them out. Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been an honour. Nice one. Thank nice you so much. Enjoy the rest. Yeah, all the best. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See you on the other side. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Exordium for sponsoring today's episode. Exordium is putting power back into the hands of artists by providing customizable services that help you create amazing music, build a strong and loyal fan base and sell more event tickets. Their services include recording and production, artist development, marketing, distribution and event management. Check out their website for more info and make sure to use the offer code BMM in their quote form to get an additional 10% off your first project. That's it everyone. Stay safe out there. Much love. Bye.